it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben Spunani woman is baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it here. Hard time scrolling for your long truants You might learn something you never know Could let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind Say you mind If you're gonna leng me down Leng me down plenty Brock my back in a deep Bentley Walk me upon the stove and in a deep fridge Woo, woo, woo. I'm sure that's not what Adele was singing, but I've given her a whole brand new version now. So, you know, she can make the most of that. You're welcome, Adele. And at the same time, sorry, because um, I've destroyed your song. But it is me, Kalechi, in a blood clot place to be. And welcome to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. And many mums clearly need to be sucked this week because what the fuck was that race? The Saudi Arabia Grand Prix was a whole ass mess. But you know what? We'll get into that um, much later on. I don't really have much to report back this week week did I no okay I do I was about to lie oh okay I do so um because we can talk about it now in it when those embargoes are lifted so I went to the world premiere of Boxing Day a film by Amal Amin um starring um is it Arjun Naomi King and uh, Leanne Pinnock uh, amongst other people and um, for one, it was interesting because they had it at the same uh, venue that they had the uh, King Richard premiere. And I told you how much I enjoyed that. But the Boxing Day one, not so much. First of all, they had like this overspill room. So they had the main um, they had the main screening room that like everybody, the majority of people would be in. And then there was like this overspill room um upstairs it felt like we were in an attic somewhere where I was sat um I think Fuso DG he was in that room as well um Cyan Anderson she was in that room as well so it was just like a smaller room it felt like um it feels like the cinema I've forgotten the name but the cinema with harm, um, armchairs in Hoxton it was just really small basically and they tell you to like dress up stylish and sophisticated only to be in a room where it looks like the people that were in there were like mainly press. But um, I was invited, I think at the last minute, one um, one of the guys involved was like, oh, you should really come through. I'm going to put you down. So it's like, quite right, cool. So I went through and instantly that really annoyed me. And I think that in the main room, did they have champagne or maybe these lot bought themselves champagne? Anyway, they gave you a can of water and um a box of popcorn and I just thought okay cool I don't I can't remember if that's what they gave us at King Richard as well but it just felt very it was giving it was giving you know um cast out step, stepchild it was giving Cinderella so was in the other room and um Emil comes in like says oh hey everybody oh actually the guy that even um filmed like um, filmed the whole thing he's in here as well and I was thinking how is he in here within a few minutes they'd moved him to the other room because that was clearly a mistake but um yeah it was just um 
think I'm picking up my mum like blending downstairs. <laughs> These mums, you know, they're always just doing things. But um, so the so he moves into the other room. So I was like, yeah, they've definitely just cast us out here into wherever we are. And it's fine to have like overspill rooms or whatever, but just explain to people what, what's happening and don't get them all dressed up if all you're going to be doing is moving mad. And now as for the film, like the same way I told you, I didn't enjoy Pirates. Um, I can't say that about this film. I can't say that I didn't enjoy it. I actually, I did. I think that I liked it despite myself do you know what I mean? Like, you know, one of those things that you laugh despite being like, mm. my why, why I say that is because I feel like we're entering into this age where um, a lot of like black British guys are getting big budgets to create movies. Right. The same kind of big budgets that black um, women, black British women aren't really getting. But these black British guys are getting these budgets to um, make these films. And they swear they're making it for black British culture. But just say that you're making it for black British men, because if you're making it for black British culture that wholly relied on women, right, it would look a bit different. So I will say, like, if I was to score the film, I would give the, um, the film a nice um, six out of ten. I think six out of ten is fair. I'd give it a nice six out of 10 and definitely go and watch it because I'd like to hear your opinions on it. But me personally, it wasn't my bag for a number of reasons. The main reason being like, yeah, like I said, you can't say that something is um, a film for black British people. Like, oh, I'm doing this for us. I'm doing this for us. It reminds me of when Lena Waithe and I'm going to go there because, you know, I'm just tired of trying to like pussyfoot around everybody. Um, when Lena Waithe, they did Queen and Slim and then she was just like, oh, I made this film for black people. It's very much about us. How How is the film made for black people when you have um, the black people kill the policeman? Um, if you haven't watched Queen and Slim by this point, that is your own personal problem. Um, you have the black people kill the policeman and then they're on the run from them. It was beautifully filmed, but the actual premise of it was very weird. And then at the end of it, you're having them shot. We're seeing them shot numerous times. Just How is that for black people? You're re-traumatizing people. How is that something that we should, why would we be celebrating that? How is that for black people to see themselves shot up? And then like, so um Jodie Smith's character um Queen she's on the floor he picks her up um and then so she's already shot they've already shot her she's on the ground Daniel Kaluuya's character picks her up and then they get shot again so she gets a double whammy of shooting and then you're telling me that this is for black black people what the fuck so people didn't want to go there because they wanted to be like oh yeah it's a great film so we can get more films made but sometimes after the fact tell the truth even if at the time we can't go all in because we don't want people to not get money to make up further things but like some of the stories that some of you are telling is very very wayward I'm not saying that this was anywhere near that in terms of Boxing Day it's a feel-good movie yeah you're definitely right that we haven't had a Christmas movie that feels a bit like love actually that centers black people however where where is the black British woman as the love interest? I say that because Leanne Pinnock is mixed race. Yeah. And so she's one of, you know, she's one of the main characters and they're embroiled in their like a love triangle situation. And then you've got um, Arjun Naomi King from, you know, How to Get Away with Murder. She's a, um, yes, she's a, a darker skinned in comparison to Leanne Pinnock. She's a darker skinned um black woman but she's american so it's almost like you needed the exotification or the um yeah the almost like the exot um, exotification of her being black american to offset that because yeah i don't want to give spoilers but when you watch it you'll understand what i'm saying like there was no 
point where like it was a woman that was the same color as me or I mean that that was British that was just like yeah in fact everybody outside of that pretty much played a caricature I would say um so yeah I just thought that that was um rather interesting you say that it's for black British culture but then black British women in terms of being there and being desired um, pretty much not the case but it's this love triangle between a um, black American woman and a mixed race um British woman mm 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 that that I just thought like I'm gonna get that off my chest because <laughs> if you lot keep inviting me to things I'm gonna say what I need to say especially if you give me water in a can with popcorn um so anyway that's that's that um I think that was the only thing I really was out and about doing this week um other than that just being like busy writing bits if you haven't read my piece that I wrote for the voice uh newspaper please do read it. I'm now um, doing a, doing up columnists wherever I can for them. I'm just already trying to decide what I want to write for my next piece. But I just thought it was important like, to be intentional with where you're sharing your talents. As much as I like writing for different publications, when The Voice approached me about writing for them, I thought, yeah, because this is the only black, um, kind of like black British, like national, um, you know, Afro-Caribbean newspaper. And I want to you know, like sometimes I think people become fixated with the white gaze and it's like, oh, I, want, I need to write for all of these big places where it's um, those places will kind of limit just how much you can say. And actually, you should also think about writing for the places and writing for the publications that will afford you the space to say what you need to say. And also, I always believe in um, paying back, not paying back per se, but like when... Um, earlier this year when um, all of the tabloids decided to try and move mad over my name when that situation with that complex Emma Barnett um, the voice were the only ones that did not run anything wild they literally just wrote facts and left it as that because even they could see what I feel like it was clear that there was um, a lot of madness um, going on so I appreciated them just just pretty much just writing facts um so I thought, yeah, if I'm going to write for somebody, I want to write for people that actually do like to tell the truth whenever they can, as opposed to writing for some dickhead that will switch on you in a second. Um, so I'll still be writing whenever I, you know, wherever the mood strikes me for other places. But I just thought, yeah, let me write about what I want to talk about. And what I want to talk about is how the police are fucking idiots for saying sorry, 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 but then still persevering with institutional racism. So I'm glad I got to write that for them. Anyway, let's uh, get into the tarot for this week. Um, I just said, what do you want me to talk about? What's, what does spirit have on? What does spirit want to say? Spirit wants to say it's mind. What does spirit want to say? And the first card that came out was the four of cups in reverse. We've got the eight of pentacles in reverse. We've got the death card upright. Justice card in reverse and the magician in reverse. This is a really interesting message in that you can't keep asking for help from spirit and then and then turning away from it when it arrives sometimes help comes in a form that you don't recognize it to come in um we've just come out of like a very heavy eclipse sort of um you know time um I know that I definitely felt it but I felt it more like when the eclipse was separating to be honest I was like in bed for all of today until it was time for the race at 5 p.m I was just exhausted but I know that that, ha that happens to me when we get like these heavy periods astrologically I was absolutely just exhausted um but I got up in time to watch the Grand Prix um 
But yeah, like help will come to you in forms that you don't recognize. And sometimes help can look like things going the opposite way to what you imagined. Like you'll say, oh, spirit, I want this thing. And spirit's like, okay, cool. With the help of your ancestors and your spirit guides, we're going to make that thing happen. But the way that it's going to go about happening is not the way that you recognize because you just wanted it to happen in the simple, most obvious way possible. But that is not how things will always work because there's more than you to take into account in the entire fucking, you know, galaxy. Um, so being open to seeing how help comes to you and comes for you in in forms that you might not otherwise recognize. And um, we've got the eight of pentacles here as well. Yeah, because I feel like sometimes it might also look like you not having very much in that moment. Like you could be like, oh, spirit, I need more money. And the spirit, then it looks like you're having getting less money, but actually you're almost going backwards to go forwards because there's something that's happening about momentum and where you're being propelled to that you have to be open um, to, you know, um, to experiencing. And for other people, it's like you wouldn't need to ask for so much help financially if you were serious about the things, the resources that you do currently have. Like, how is it that you prioritize everybody else's needs and anyone can tell you a, um, a sob story and your money's gone just like that like those states like those kind of um behaviors have to end that's why we've got the death card here that um there has to be a clearing away there has to be a clearing away of um the way that you go about um doing things and also being open to the fact that for sometimes for some stages to end in your life it does feel like you're losing a lot it does feel like you're shedding a lot and people talk about oh yeah you know shadow work and shedding and they almost talk about it so theoretically that they don't think about how fucking painful it is for you to go to the next stage um in your life it's going to feel like you're dying it is going to feel like that sometimes you know if you're saying oh I'd really like to earn more or get more money there might be a point where it feels like you're fucking broke but there's something happening in there there's something that you're needing to learn in that space before you go towards the abundance that you've asked for we've got the justice card in reverse here because there is a lack of balance um in how things um are going in terms of what you're putting out whether it's your energy your heart or it might be like physically money there is something happening there about there being an imbalance and then you're asking for help and help is saying okay but for us to help we're gonna have to rejig a lot of these things you're like no 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 no. I don't want to lose those people yeah but those are the people that are draining you so we have to move them out of the way there has to be some distance between you and them no no no, no. I want them to stay so you've got to make your mind up. Do you want help or do you not? Because help might look like things being taken away from you that are not serving you or that you're not using right in the moment. So you're being given the space to figure out how you are going to be able to use things more correctly. But you're not being hard done by. That's also the message from the justice card in reverse. It's not like, oh, anyone has it out for you in terms of like spiritually. Like your team is your team. Your team will always want you to do what's best, you know, in this current experience of life they do want you to do what's best and they do want to remind you of your power but sometimes being reminded of your power means being shown all the places that you are giving that power away um and it's not nice to feel it's not nice to see but you do need to be reminded that this is where you are leaking energy you need to um recalibrate in order to be able to go forward and so if you're truly serious about um you know getting help and and um 
you know, doing the things that you say that you want to do, then you have to be open with just how disciplined um, spirit can be with you sometimes. And then we've got the four of wands um, under the deck at the bottom of the deck, which says like, you're going to have all of your things. And this is about building a strong foundation for the life that you desire. But in order to build that foundation, there needs to be like almost like an excavation of all the things underneath that are not going to be able to um, uphold that structure. And you'll be glad it happened rather than getting a fucking tower in like six years time. So, um, yeah, so that's the message, I guess. Um, we'll jump to bigging up the first of this week's show sponsors um, and um, go on from there. So the first of this week's show sponsors are BetterHelp. Um, yeah, be right back. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe you're trying to beat a seven time world champion and you don't know how to go about that. So you start moving mad on the track. Anyway, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website, check out the testimonials and um, yeah, if you're ready to get going, you can visit betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com forward slash your mind. That's betterhelp.com dot com forward slash your mind and join the over two million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional special offer for say your mind listeners you get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash your mind so go and get involved now let's get to share your magnificence my share your magnificence for this week is chidia bere ibe um who is just um a baby boy i ju- um so i'll just read it to you here chidi abere chidi abere ibe is an, a nigerian medical illustrator and a first year medical student disrupting the status quo by portraying anatomy physiology and pathology on black skin and why this is important is because you remember i was talking about just a couple of weeks ago i think it was um the tragic um death of um Jacinta um who was married to um Jeffrey and I was talking about the fact that that when she started when she got an infection the hospital didn't notice why what what are the what are the signs that they didn't see on her that they could have maybe I don't know seen on white skin you know um Michaela Loach she's talked about this as well the that yeah this medical racism is rife and it it goes into us the way that textbooks are drawn and things like that and the way that they're telling you to look out for signs of this and signs of that but if my skin is not going to do that because I'm not the same color then how are you going to notice the same things so I just love that you know he's um doing this it says here Ibe's recent illustration of a pregnant black woman with a baby in utero has taken the internet by storm as many recognize it as the first time seeing a photo of black women depicted in this form 
And I'm sure um, a lot of you have seen that illustration by now, but you could go onto his page. I think it says here his um, Instagram page is called Ebere Illustrate, E-B-E-R-E Illustrate. Um, and I just think it's so cool that he's doing this because it's just decentering whiteness and just showing us all of the ways that certain things can show up that we don't necessarily see um, shown to us in, you know, mainstream conversations um, when it comes to medicine. Um, and there needs to be that diversity. There needs to be that, 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 you know, that diversity when things are being depicted to us because we need to have ourselves seen too. And I made me think that, Ra, in all the time that I was pregnant with Lev, all of that, I didn't once see a drawing of um, a black mother. You know, I didn't. There was an app that I was using to track the weeks and stuff. And then you could change the um, the skin tone of the baby and whatever else. But that's about as far as it got. Otherwise, I'm just seeing a white woman's belly all of the time. Um, Yeah, so I think that that's wild. And it says here, in a statement on eBay's GoFundMe page, um, where he is raising funds for medical school, he cites that recent research on health inequities has found that black students are more engaged with illustrations that portray their skin colour. And although there is a shortage of adequate representation in this field, eBay is here to change this. His Instagram page is inundated with illustrations of black people with various medical conditions and body parts explained in the same manner that you might expect to see in a textbook or medical journal. Um, he says here, I started medical illustrations to promote the use of black skin illustrations in our medical textbooks to depict a typical African person. Textbooks are essentially invincible to um, medical training they taught they t they walk medical trainees through conditions they will encounter during their practice yet most medical illustrations are on the ca caucasian skin this lack of diversity has important implications for medical trainees and their future patients because many conditions and signs look different based on the patient's skin color and therefore the black skin should be equally represented he based it on his gofundme page um i'm going to add the link to the GoFundMe page as well. I'm going to add that to, um, yeah, I think he's probably already reached his target, but I'm going to add the GoFundMe page link to the show notes so you can grab it from there. But I just think these are the kind of things that we should be supporting and um, in any way that we can, because it's actually just wild how things are just seen as the norm when they are not. Okay, so he's currently on £20,000, 543. Why did I read it like a bush girl? Um... He wanted to raise £15,000, so he's passed that. So he's definitely got his money for medical school. But I just think, yeah, we should def definitely donate and support that because it means a lot. It means for a lot for black students to take the lead in this way and to just refuse to have us erased from conversations um, concerning medicine when you consider the fact that it's black people's bodies that a lot of these things were tried out on in the first place. So it's actually mad, um, you know, in terms of like the instruments that's used and stuff. So... Yeah, well, um, I'll add a link for us to support that. I'm just adding that to my notes now. So I remember. Um, but yeah, that's um, two slaps on your chest, Chidiya Bere eBay, for being, a, that, that was three slaps, but you deserve even the three slaps. Thanks for doing what needs to be done. And um, yeah, just putting us back in a conversation. I love it. I love to see it. Anyway, let's get to So You Mad. So my first so you mad this week is the fact that Tristan Thompson has gotten another woman pe pregnant while he's meant to, you know, be back with, um, he's meant to be back with what's her name? Um, Chloe clown of, Cl um, Calabasas, um, Kardashian. 
Um, and you know, that's what you get. That's what you get. Your teeth, man, man gets teeth from you. But um, it's just wild that she was blaming Jordan Woods all of that time that you're the one that broke up our home. You're the one that, no, no, it wasn't Jordan Woods. It wasn't Jordan Woods. It never was. It was Tristan that was there. The call was coming from inside the house. You're, you're expressing your frustration towards the wrong person. You should have faced your front all this time. So um, news broke this week that Tristan, or last week, that Tristan Thompson allegedly offered a woman $75,000 to get rid of um, their baby uh, that she was pregnant with. The baby's now here, thank God. Um, but he says here um, in a Snapchat message, and that's, oh, I feel like Snapchat is the international app of cheaters. It's the global app of cheaters. There's nobody that has Snapchat on their phone that is up to any good whatsoever. I I stand by that wholeheartedly. There is not a single person who has Snapchat on their phone right now, this instant. has They have it installed on their phone right now, this instant. That is not up to shady behavior. Um, so in this Snapchat message, he wrote to her, you know how I feel. My feelings haven't changed at all. Won't be involved at all. By the way, if you think having this baby is going to make me make you some money, it's completely wrong. You are aware that I'm retiring after this season. So in terms of support, it will be whatever is required monthly for someone who's unemployed. It's Texas. So it will be only a couple of hundred dollars. So you better um, you're better off taking this 75K I'm offering because you won't get nothing near that with having a kid with a father who's unemployed. All you will have is a baby with a father who has zero involvement with the child and a few hundred dollars of child support you raggedy bitch you thirsty bombastic idiot Tristan Thompson third trimester Tristan strikes again you don't know do you not understand the meaning of contraception a, a young condom is beyond you because apart from the fact that we're thinking about the, the fact that he's getting people pregnant, this guy is just raw dogging everywhere. He's just flinging the penis about. He's just dashing the thing away. He's just, what? STDs, no. I mean, Chloe is, no, that's horrible. You can't call Chloe an STD. Um, but um, it's actually wild. It's just wild. Earring back Pum Pum Girl is there fighting up and down for you, shouting up and down that you're her man and she wants to, you know, apart or from, you know, all the things that you've done, you guys are stronger than ever and rah, rah, rah and rare, rare, rare. Although people are saying that they think that Kris Jenner is still behind this, that like she's taking the attention off, um, is it Kylie Jenner and um, Travis's issues um, with, um, what is that, Afro Future or whatever, what was that? one that they were doing where you Tristan and um, was it Travis was just watching the people getting trampled and and people were passing out and all sorts anyway it's a good distraction from that if it's like oh look my one of my daughters is dating Pete Davidson and this one over here is getting cheated on again and I don't think this is the obviously the first time he's cheated on her since um the whole Jordan Woods um fiasco. But it's the fact that they brought him on, on to keeping up with the Kartrashians and he put on all of that lip gloss and he really, you know, he really arched his eyebrow. Did you see how he really arched his eyebrow and he was really wibbling wobbling his neck, talking about no 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 and I just thought, see, but you could have just glistened your lips instead of lip gloss. You could have just glistened your lips with your lies. You're a liar. You're a liar that that is that likes to run away from condoms. Like other people are having nightmares that, I don't know, they're being chased, chased by giant killer tomatoes. Attack of the killer tomatoes. 
Wow, that was really loud. Um, anyway, other people are having random dreams about being chased um, by giant killer tomatoes or tomatoes, whichever one you want to call them. Meanwhile, your dream is that you're being chased by a pack of um, a packet of Durex. You don't want to use it. You're just scared of the condom. Why are you so afraid of the condom? Use the thing. Use the thing because then you wouldn't have to be threatening people. Look at you knowing all of the laws in all of the states. Well, you know, this is te- this is going to be in Texas. So you're only going to get a few hundred dollars. But all of this could have been afford- avoided if you just weren't bussing in people. If you just weren't out here raw dogging people, you would not be Captain Bareback is your name now. Captain Bareback. Just riding through, riding through every state, just flinging your semen about like a lasso. Yeehaw! Just a mess. Just a bloody mess. And then to try to start threatening people. Don't you have a, is it basketball? Don't you have a game to play? Instead, all you're doing is out here just delving into vaginas. And I hear that she's a personal trainer as well, which is really interesting to me because there was uh, Chloe that time talking about, oh, you know, you're crying into a bar, but was it a, a tub of haagen and saying that, oh my God, my life. But you need to get to the gym. You need to take ownership. Well, look, there you go. That's what happens when someone gets to the gym. They pump more than weights. And now, oh, another addition to your family. Thank you. You're welcome. But I love that this um, person that he's had um, the child with, her name is, what is it? Marilee Nichols. I, she gives me, she, I get crazy from her and I love it because I feel like sometimes madness needs to meet madness. So on her Instagram stories, she posted, um, no, first she posted on her page, she posted a picture of the new baby and she wrote, um, the caption reads, first came love, then came you heart emoji, Angelou Cash Thompson. Why I love that is because she said first came love and baby girl, you know that there was no love involved in that. First came love, then came marriage, then came a baby in a baby carriage. No, 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 just the baby came, just the baby. He came and then the baby came. Um, but yeah, it's just absolutely wild that she put that. And then in her stories, she was um, she post she posted. I want to thank everyone for your well being wishes. Me and baby are doing great right now. My heart and mind is focusing on the baby right now. I'm heartbroken that Angelou's father doesn't want to be in his life. I'm hoping this lawsuit will bring us together and we can be <laughs> and we can be a family. Wheel up. I am heartbroken that Angelou's father doesn't want to be in his life. I'm hoping this lawsuit will bring us together and we can be a family. Myra Lee, that is not what lawsuits do. No, that that that's what lawsuits don't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then um she then posted a picture from his page into her stories um of the t- um, Tristan's two other children, I think with Chloe. Um or well his two other children anyway, uh, and up what of his other children. Yeah, you know. And she writes, um, Angelou's siblings can't wait for them to meet. I like her because she's determined, she's persistent in her crazy. Because, you know, other people would have been scared back. Like, they would have been pushed back. Like, oh, my God, I'm going up against the Kardashians. Ra rah, rah. She's not doing that. She's just like, I'm very much here. I'm very much here. Yeah, and I'm going to be here. And we're all going to be a family together. Blended what? dash it in a bl- dash it in a ninja blender because we are a blended family bitch i'm not going anywhere i'm not going 
And I am telling you, Chloe, <laughs> I'm not going. Tristan Snapchatted me in case you didn't know. He came in me and this baby's grown. So, Kardashian, there's no way. No, 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 no way. I'm not getting this child support. Ha! And you, and you, and you. Well, you already done fucked me. Yay. I don't know how to end that. Anyway, um... It is what it is. You're not getting rid of this one, Chloe. She's not going anywhere. And actually, she seems physically fitter than you. So if you try it in, you'll get beat down. So good for you. Good for you. <laughs> oh, I love mess. Oh, I love it. Instead of you to go and join your sisters, look at how all of your sisters uh, sisters have gone to go and get rock band members. While you're, you know, your sisters are your age mates. They've gone to go and get rock band members to now be, you know, parambulating with. Go and get a tambourine player. Someone's already got a drummer. Somebody's already got this. Go just go and get yourself one. He was a skater boy. He said, see you later, boy. Just go and get yourself a skater boy and call it a day. Because all of this one that you lot want to be tussling back and forth with black men. <laughs> you're getting stressed out. You are getting stressed out so um that was my first um so you mad um my next so you mad i mean we can never really avoid boris pussy clark johnson for too long but i was reading that um users of class a drugs in the uk would face losing their passports or driving licenses under proposals reportedly set to be unveiled this week and that's just interesting to me let's just start there that they talk about users of class a drugs but shouldn't drink driving also be your concern like be more of your concern really because alcohol abuse is rife in this country but then it would mean like people like your aunt and is it aunt or every declan i think it was aunt that then went and crashed into people it would mean like they would also get very very serious repercussions rather than winning another award that they've won 19 years prior um every year 19 years prior um boris johnson will this week launch a 10-year plan to tackle drug-related crime and also just remember that when they talk about drug-related crime and hashtag war on crime it's racialized you know whenever they talk about tough on drugs uh, drugs tough on this tough on that they're only ever targeting really black people to be honest black people and all working class people so it says here Boris Johnson will this week launch a 10-year plan to tackle drug-related crime, which will include travel bans, harsher sentences for drug dealers and measures to break up county line gangs. Um, Some of the measures will be designed to target middle-class users to act as a deterrent for well-off professionals who peddle uh, coke at swanky clubs and dinner parties. We need to look at new ways of penalising them, things that will actually interfere with their lives, the Prime Minister told the paper. So we will look at taking away their passports and driving licences. He added, what I want to see is a world in which we have penalties for lifestyle drug users that will seriously interfere with their enjoyment of their own lifestyles. Uh, The civil penalties will be modelled on sanctions already used against parents who fail to pay child maintenance and banning orders for um, football hooligans. Meanwhile, um, sniffer dogs could be deployed across the parliamentary estate under plans for a drug crackdown by the Commons authorities. 
the Conservative MP uh, Charles Walker, who chairs the administration committee, said that the issue would be discussed by the body responsible for the administration and services of the Commons next week. The House of Commons has a long history of using sniffer dogs to dis uh, to detect explosives. It may now be that we need to broaden the range of sniffer dogs to include those which can detect drugs. Um, the Speaker, Sir Lindsay Hoyle, said um, police will be called in amid growing evidence of cocaine use in Parliament. Um, funding for addiction treatment and recovery services across 50 local authorities with the most challenging drug issues will also be reportedly uh, be announced as part of the 10 year crackdown on drugs. I feel like that should really be the focus. It says here the first phase of the review, which was um, published in February, estimated that there were 300,000 opiate or crack cocaine users in England and about one million people had used cocaine in the past year. I'm sure it's more than that. Um, Glastonbury, Glastonbury Festival and all of that. Um, drug poisoning deaths are at a record high, having increased by almost 80% since 2012. Black's reviews um, review estimated that the illicit drug market in the UK was worth £9.4 billion a year, but cost society more than double that figure in terms of health, crime and societal impacts. Like they're trying to dress this up nicely to make it be, um, look like, oh, they're concerned about so many things. When actually for you to add in there that drug users or class A drug users will be stripped of their citizenship. Think about that for a moment and think about the systemic um, depravity of it all. People are already in a situation where for whatever reason, they now rely on drugs and they will now rely on these class A drugs due to whatever difficulties that they face or whatever they're now in this situation. You now want to strip them of citizenship to send them where? So that means that it's a racialized thing because you're thinking about people who you don't consider to be natives of this land. Like even if you're like you were born here, don't give a fuck. Where are your parents from? Where are your parents' parents from? They'll find a way to send you back either way. And this is why we were telling all of you, man, when you were starting to get your panties wet over Shamima Begum and what was happening to her, you needed to understand that it was going to have far more, far reaching consequences than just Shamima. You thought, oh, well, you know, this is terrorism and that's why we're doing it. No, they will use terrorism. They'll always use the most extreme version of the thing to get the thing through the door first. And then they're going to start saying to you, well, it's already in the door now. So let's use it for everything else. It's just like one of those things where, well, they've, we've already invited them to the party. So now they can just shit on the walls. They can shit on the walls and they can shit on the television. It's fine. So I feel like that's what we are um, finding now. And it's really, really sad because we know how this will be used. And rather than considering drug abuse to be a public health issue, it's now being um, treated, especially when it comes to black people and um, working class people, it's being treated as a criminal issue. And so they talk about, oh, well, we're going to provide this. We're going to provide that. No, they just want to be able to strip, especially when you consider, um, you know, all the wind rush deportations and things like that and saying oh yeah but these people are already criminals that's why they're going when they start shifting what is considered criminality they are going oh they're just going to fuck a lot of people up and this is why we need to seriously start considering where do we go because they're going to keep applying this pressure up until 2025 they're going to keep applying this pressure in the most heinous ways. So black people, you really have to start sitting down and considering where can you live outside of the UK? Because it's very, very clear that this fucking country does not want you here. So there has to be real considerations rather than like, oh, I'm just going to keep my head down and grind on and grind on. You'll have no forehead left if you keep grinding on and keeping your head down because like they're persistent. They're persistent with the fuckery. 
And it's just the way that is so thinly veiled, or oh, we're going to take driving licenses away and we're going to take um, um, their citizenship away. Again, then at the same time, you're talking about, oh, people are going to need forms of identification to be able to vote. So can you not see the fascist government that you're basically having coming to play? It's it's a mess. It's a whole ass mess. It's disgusting. And when you do clownery, the clown indeed does come back to bite because when you were getting excited over Shamima, see what's happened now? And it's going to cover a lot of people. It's going to cover a lot of people, especially new Shoreditch Dons. It's going to it's going to get a lot of people. They're talking about, oh, yeah, well, you know, this is going to affect the middle class drug users as well. It's not going to affect them. You know, it's not. You're never going to send them man to prison. You're never going to um, harshly punish them. You're not. You're definitely not. You're just trying to push it more underground and then drive up the prices of the drugs for people to actually get it in the first place. Um, you're talking about county lines and things like that while not addressing um, the fact that you took away the community centres that at least had spaces for these young people to be accounted for so they're not sucked into a, a violent, nasty cycle of being sent places to carry drugs around. Like, you keep talking about the symptoms but you're not talking about the, the actual illness, you're not talking about the cause of all of this and that should be the focus. But rather, they'd rather be heavy handed with the fuckery. Not talking about the school to prison pipeline and how you're already criminalising young black children from when they're at school age, sending them to Prue and all of these things. Because these are those are the things that are helping you foster what it is that we're seeing right now. And you talk about our oh, harsher sentences for drug dealers. But we see that disproportionately, the um, harsher sentences go to the black drug dealers, not to the white ones. So it's just a mess it's just it's just a whole fucking disgusting mess i hate it hate it all um then my last story for so you mad what did i see that really um that made me laugh well i shouldn't be laughing laughing but it was still funny sha it was funny um a homeowner fighting snake infestation burns down their Maryland house. A homeowner burned down their house in Montgomery County, Maryland, while trying to chase off snakes. The homeowner tried to use smoke to fight a snake infestation in a home on Big Woods Road near Poolsville, Montgomery County Fire and Rescue Spokesman said. Um, hot coals got too close to flammable materials, sparking the fire. About 75 firefighters responded at 10 p.m last tuesday the fire spread from the basement and consumed the home causing more than one million dollars in damage Whew. it's actually mad um no people were injured they said and the status of the snakes undetermined imagine that you burnt down your home because snakes you had a snake infestation only for the snakes to leave unscathed and your house is completely burnt to the ground um it says here, overwhelming number of snakes, um, overwhelming numbers of snakes in Maryland homes are not unheard of. Um, one Annapolis couple sued after finding numerous snakes, including one that was seven feet long. Jesus. Jesus of Norwood Junction. Jesus. Jehovah Jireh. Ray, Ray, Ray. What? What? So imagine me going down to my wine cellar to go and pick up a young Chablis. And then, and then I'm just seeing a seven foot long snake. Whoo! Swing low, sweet chariot. I'm not drinking this wine today. Swing low. 
sweet chariot. The snake is going to fucking kill me. No. No. A seven foot long snake. I'm five foot eight. I am five foot eight. A seven foot long snake. If that snake stands up, it's taller than me. God. Jesus. Oh, it says here. An Annapolis couple sued after finding numerous snakes, including one that was seven feet long in their new home. Only two species of snake in Maryland are dangerously venomous. Um, Well, that's great, isn't it? But it's not about being venomous. They can wrap themselves around me and kill me. Um, It says here the two snakes are the Eastern Copperhead and the Timber Rattlesnake. Um, The Humane Society has tips for what you should do if you find snakes in the wild or in your home. I'm sorry, like, I would have done the same. You're telling me I find snakes in my home and I don't burn that shit down. I will burn it to the ground because I'll never feel okay again. I will never. Imagine you're sleeping and all you're hearing is. No, no. You you open your eyes on a Monday morning and there's a snake just coiled up on your chest. No, take me, take me, Lord. Take me down, Lord. Take me. No. No, I don't think it was. um, I mean, in this case, it seems like the person made a mistake. You know, they were trying to, you know, scare the snakes out and they burnt down their home. But at the same time, maybe the home needed to be burnt down. And again, this is what I keep saying about all of these colonized states. You keep occupying people's land and you don't understand how to work with the land. So you're having things like snakes in your fucking basement is giving Australia how does australia have some of the most deadly animals in the world deadly animals deadly creatures they're just all there in australia and you want me to visit where and i was thinking about it the other day that america is just another australia like you're out there basically in the desert and you've built these homes and you've built these cities and you're just like yeah 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 we're having a great time meanwhile the then the wildlife is just fucking you up like just think about how casual it is when you're watching american movies right and they're like oh it's a raccoon oh it's a bear oh it's a you know what why are you living somewhere where a bear can just pop up and punch you in the face what and then them men are there where the living living down under and a kangaroo can just thump you up no i'm sorry no no that's what happens when you go and put yourself in people's lands that don't belong to you don't know how to work with the land and here you are with snakes having a rave in your basement fucking hell it says here i'm going back to that what happened to the annapolis couple this is from 2015 it says here an annapolis uh, maryland couple says that their real estate agent knew their future home was infested with snakes when she sold it to them Jeff and Jody Brooks filed a $2 million lawsuit two weeks ago after they say that their family was driven, driven out of their home because it's crawling with snakes. That sounds like the stuff of nightmares. There's snakes in the ceiling, snakes in a basement, snakes on the paddock, snakes in the pit lane, snakes in the Red Bull car. Anyway, since moving into the home, the Brooks say that exterminators have found numerous black rat snakes, snake skins, dens, tunnels and snake feces. The snakes ranged in size. The longest was seven feet and it was found in a basement directly below the room where their daughter Lily slept. Shit. Huh. 
Hmm. In my country, they would have, they would have, they would have seasoned you and eaten you by now. Um, the Brooks who purchased their, the house in Broadneck Peninsula in December are seeking more than four times the price of the house in their lawsuit against real estate agent Barbara Van Horn, champion realty and former homeowner Joan Brossica. Um, According to the lawsuit, a snake inspector determined the house was infested and unsafe for children. Nah, that is disgusting. That is disgusting. That is like oh, my worst nightmare. Oh my God, that's horrible. Rats, I can just about tolerate because I know that they're rife in New York. But snakes, motherfucking snakes, and they're not even on the plane. No, no, never want, never want to hear of it. He burned down the house, fair enough, because at that point, the house is no good. Throw it away. Throw it away. It's a whole ass mess. Yuck. Anyway, that's all I have to really say on that. It's just a whole madness from Tristan Thompson going out there and um, just spreading his oats more than he should to um, Boris Johnson's wayward um, war on drugs. That's just going to be a whole mess. Like you're very, very concerned about what's happening out here in these streets. But what about the Houses of Parliament? Because they really should bring sniffer dogs in there because I'm sure like on literally every surface, I wouldn't even be surprised if in your own office, every surface there's residue residue of cocaina but you want to be talking about what other people are doing like you lot are the ones that take it the most think about all your wild wild christmas parties and all of them please man shut up and yeah and like i said the homeowner with the snakes no 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 never yuck Anyway, let me pick up the second of this week's show sponsors who are ExpressVPN and we're going to jump to what we've been waiting for. Don't you love it? Don't you love it how like start your motors, like even if you didn't like F1 before, you're sort of slightly invested now because of the drama, because I told you the thing is fucking dramatic. People like to say that women bring drama, right? But there's no drama like F1 drama and women aren't even at the forefront of it, sadly so. Anyway, um, let me pick up ExpressVPN and we'll jump to start your motors. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like having a first aid kit, but not keeping it stocked up. Most of the time, you'll probably be fine. But what if you suddenly get into a horrible accident and there's nothing in your first aid kit to help you stop the bleeding? Like maybe snakes suddenly falling out of the ceiling. Anyway, every time you connect to an unencrypted network, cafes, hotels, airports, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data, passwords, financial details, etc. It doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack someone. Just some cheap hardware is needed and a smart 12 year old could do it. Your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling personal information on the dark web. So why use ExpressVPN? Well, it's because they're the babes, obviously. But They create an encrypted tunnel. So it creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. Hackers can't steal your sensitive data. It'd take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. And you can fire up the app and click one button to get protected. It works on all the devices. So you can use it on your phone, laptops, tablets, and more. So you can stay secure on the go. So, um... Yeah, like I really like using ExpressVPN. I just turn it on. I just like it mostly because I can go and watch all the shows that I want to watch and no one can figure out where I am. Um, Just switch it to the country I'm meant to be in and I can do what I want. 
Um, so I just think that you should check it out. So secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash straws. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash straws. And you can get an extra three months free on ExpressVPN when you go and join the people there. Anyway, let's get to what the girls have been waiting for. Start your motors. Um, obviously I've got to start with, um, two anthems first let's start with the anthem of all the baby people in baby people um no i mean what would our what would our what would our kingdom be called really um i don't know would we be called um ben's ponania that would be a really good name for a kingdom i think so all arise the people of ben's ponania just a baby girl in a baby world yeah that's our first one second one we're now we're now lewis carl davison hamilton Winner, quata, quata, you go win forever. Winner. You have to sing it like an Igbo auntie. Igbo aunties like to go up on a different pitch to the Yoruba aunties. Like them, you, you, them Igbo aunties, they do a warble in the voice, innit? They do a warble. I feel like Yoruba aunties are a bit more forceful with the notes. Whereas um, the Igbo aunties add a bit of a warble to it. So I guess like a, a Yoruba auntie would be like, we now we now we now we now but um Ibo aunties are like we now we now we now we now they'll probably come and beat me now after doing that but you know you gotta take the risks you gotta take the risks for the last <laughs> um but the first things first, actually, before even getting into the race, obviously, as you can tell, Lewis Hamilton won. So, <laughs> but many things were tried and many things, many, many things failed. You stupid raggedy bitches. That's what Red Bulls and that RRB now stands for. Um, but let's get into the the one of the more serious um, aspects of um Formula One at this moment. So it was announced that there'll be a new sponsor for Mercedes. So if you look on, if you're ever watching um, Formula One, which I know that some of you do not, but you'll see like lots of names and things on like their shirts. So like we've got Tommy Hilfiger, we've got IWC watches, we've got Patronus, obviously because they're Mercedes AMG Patronus at the moment. Um, We've got that. We've got um, so many like different um, sponsors, CrowdStrike, all of them things like different companies that sponsor Mercedes. So they obviously because they need money to be able to get all the things that they get for the car. Right. So one of the um, sponsors that was announced um, that's going to be joining them is Kingspan. However, Kingspan are on some real fuckery. Um, so they announced, um, glad to, um, Mercedes posted and they were like, glad to have you on board, Kingspan. Welcome to the team. An exciting partnership starting for these two final races um, of the 2021 season. But why Kingspan is not somebody that they should be celebrating is because um, Kingspan's K15 installation product was only a, um, 
they say that it was only a very small part of the cladding system on Grenfell um, and was only there because of a product sus- substitution. But Kingspan's relevance to the story is larger than that. Um, lawyers for the family say that um, the firm set the precedent for um, faulty materials. So Kingspan were one of the um, companies that provided cladding um, to the Grenfell building. And as you know, Grenfell burnt and they told us that allegedly 72 people died. Um, and obviously we asked that no mathematics know that it's clearly more than that. Um, so for Kingspan to now be one of the sponsors um, for Mercedes, it just feels a bit wild. Um, and obviously people are going to be rightfully upset. And so they were saying that um, this guy that was reporting on it, Peter Apps, he says here that... Um, the lawyers for the family say that the firm set the precedent for u- the use of combustible insulation on high rises. In 2005, English regulations changed to allow cladding systems to be used on buildings if they passed a large scale test. This opened up a potential backdoor route to use combustible insulation in these systems. Kingspan passed the test with K15 in 2005 as part of the system that used heavy cement fibre outer panels. This is not representative of a real world system. The only test, uh, the test only covered that exact system. Nonetheless, it marketed the product as being suitable for use on high rises. Um, It then changed the chemical formula for the insulation to make it more efficient. When it ran new tests using the new insulation, an internal report said it burned like a raging inferno and said the insulation was burning on its own steam. Kingspan kept these results secret, even from other parts of the business. It obtained certification from respected third party bodies that supported its claim that the product could be used on high rises. It was sold for use in hundreds of tall buildings. One of these um, certifiers, the LABC, incorrectly said that K15 may be regarded as being a material of limited combustibility, which is clearly a lie. But when an internal Kingspan manager saw it, he wrote, fan bloody tastic. He would later boast that we didn't even have to get any real ale down him. So you didn't have to like ply him with drink to get him to lie on your behalf. Um, so Kingspan were occasionally challenged by industry figures who queried the fire safety claims. One uh, On one occasion, a manager wrote internally that a firm raising questions can go fuck themselves or the firm would sue the arse off them. Then um, when the largest building control firm in the UK, the NHBC, um, threatened to stop accepting K-15 for tall buildings, Kingspan called it in its lawyers and threatened to sue for defamation in 2015. Grenfell largely used Celotex, um, as um, Celotex RS5000 as an insulation, which was a new product which um, a competitor had launched specifically to catch up with Kingspan's dominance of the high-rise market. While it is the um, aluminium cladding panels made by um, Arconic that were the primary uh, cause of the rapid fire spread at Grenfell, the insulation is believed to have contributed to the fire and released a large quantity of toxic smoke, including cyanide. Imagine that fucking cyanide. And these are the people that um, what that um, Mercedes have now gone to partner with. Um, Even after the fire. Um, Kingspan continued to lobby against the ban on combustible materials on high rises, instructing expensive PR firms to lobby MPs, um, whining and dining them and presenting evidence to select committees to show non-combustible options could also be dangerous. Um, All of these revelations are a matter of public record. Thanks to the work of the inquiry, they would surely have been appeared to many in in any due diligence carried out by Mercedes before agreeing to the deal. So that's what I want to know. Like, why did Mercedes agree um, to have Kingspan as a a sponsor 
when they are they, you can't even say that they're not involved they they're instrumental they are that that installation that they provided was instrumental to the deaths that took place at Grenfell so yeah it's just wild to me and like Toto released a statement Toto Wolf you know the um, team principal and CEO of Mercedes AMG Patronus he released a statement and was very much like let me just bring it up on the Mercedes page um, because he was very much like he was basically saying what they told him and I'm just like but you lot should have done your research because if I said Lewis should come on this podcast right now you lot will search you lot will go and find my blood type you'll go and search everything about me before you can let that happen but you managed to somehow without realizing um take on sponsorship from people who were from from a company that was instrumental to the deaths of people at Grenfell hmm. Hmm. wow that sounds odd to me um, where's the statement? It says here, dear Grenfell United, thank you for your letter about our partnership with Kingspan, which I received yesterday. The tragedy of the Grenfell Tower um, Tower fire was beyond imaginable to me and it should never have happened. On behalf of our team, I would sincerely like to apologise to you for the additional hurt that is that this announcement has caused. It was never our intention to do so. The work of the public inquiry to establish the full causes of tragedy is crucially important. Prior to concluding our partnership, we engaged with Kingspan in depth to understand what role their products played in what happened at Grenfell. So this is where Toto Wolf, like I was bigging him up a few weeks ago, was it last week? But this is where he needs to shut the fuck up because so you're asking the people, you're asking the criminals to explain their crime. Do you think that they're actually going to stand there and be like, well, you know what, Toto, not going to lie, not going to lie, big man thing, we were fully involved. They're of course not going to say that because they want to get their name out there and they want to promote themselves. They're almost rebranding as well. If they can spend money on PR companies to help them lobby MPs and all of that, what do you think that they're going to, what do you think that they're going to say to you when you ask them, were you involved or was your product um um, highly involved in the fire they're not going to go yeah sure it was of course they're not going to fucking say that and so it's the money that they've, they, they're offering you worth that worth that fuckery so um it then goes on to say um Kingspan have stated that they played no role in the design or construction of the cladding system on Grenfell Tower and that a small percentage of their product was used as substitute without their knowledge in part of the system which was not compliant um, with building regulations and was unsafe. And that just sounds like legal jargon because let's replay it. He says here, Kingspan have stated that they've played no role in the design or construction of the cladding system on Grenfell Tower, but nobody said that you did. Nobody said that you did. They weren't talking about cladding. They were talking about the insulation specifically, right? And that a small percentage of their product was used as a substitute without their knowledge. So how was it without your knowledge? And even if it was without your knowledge because you make this thing and you sell it off, you knew that what you made was subpar. So whether you knew it was being used or not, you made it, you made it. And you had um, you had promoted it as something that could be used on high rises. You did that. Um, I know that this does not change in any way the awful tragedy you suffered or the deep and ongoing pain felt in um, your community. And I would like to thank Grenfell United for the offer to meet in person for me to learn and understand better. I look forward to coming together as soon as we can with my kind regards to Toto Wolf. They better come together um, as soon. Come together right now over me sorry that was highly inappropriate on such a serious issue um but you know if it's there i'm gonna say it um 
but he's talking about oh yeah let's come together let's all meet up or whatever but are you going to listen because it seems like you're just repeating what people have told you you're just parroting what people have told you and actually what you're being told is not factual bare lies bare lies all over the gaff so big up Grenfell United for calling it out because I didn't even realize at first and I was just like what's going on and then I start, I read the statement and I was just like oh if a statement's come out that means some real fuck shit's happening and I started researching and I was like oh wow actually mad so um Kingspan can go fuck themselves as far as I'm concerned because that's horrible that's horrible to even you you lack shame you lack shame to have done something so heinous and then you're coming here talking about you want to sponsor Mercedes <laughs> don't make me give the championship to Red Bull you better to give them back their sponsorship immediately give Kingspan back their things we don't want it we do not wait we don't want it we do not yuck um so I had to, you know, mention that definitely. But anyway, let's get on to the race that we just finished at the Jeddah Corniche, um, aka the Saudi Arabia, the Saudi Arabia uh, Grand Prix. Um, to begin with, we know how Lewis feels about um, inequities and inequalities that take place around the world and human rights violations. So his helmet, this um, race that's just gone, um, was um, rainbow coloured again to in support of um, the people the LGBTQ plus community um, in Saudi Arabia because some wild things are happening there. And he just said that he believes that sport has the opportunity to push people forward. And he said, like, you know, we don't get to choose where the races go, but if we're going to have to go there, I'm still going to express that I'm not comfortable with certain things. And I really rate him for doing that because, you know, these things need to be done. So um, I'm glad that he spoke out about that. Now, it was an, it was such that race was some bullshit. First of all, that circuit, that Jeddah circuit. So for those who don't know, this was the first time this track was literally just built. Like, I don't even feel like the track had even settled. The dust had not even settled on this new track and people were already driving on it. Brand new circuit, absolutely brand new. They literally just built it. It's a street circuit. Um, so that means like, yeah, part of the race literally takes place on the street, but it's cornered off and the whole circuit um, kind of works with that. Um, yeah, I just to me it did it, it was very much giving unfinished, but um, you know, we went with it. Um it was the first time there, it was the first time racing there, and Lewis just was absolutely doing what needed to be done. I think it was the same with Qatar as well. Like, you give him a new track and he's gonna show you Wagwan. Um now ahead of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix next week, although um Abu Dhabi has been on the calendar for a while um this time they've reconfigured the track so it's not going to be the exact track that Lewis knows so that's going to be interesting for next week anyway going back to this week's um race or the race that just happened um yesterday at the time that you're listening to this um practice sessions were interesting because obviously like I said it's a brand new track so there was only so much simulation that could be done you know um to figure out how they were going to be able to work um on the track and so we had qualifying. We didn't have sprint qualifiers, thank God. It was just normal qualifying on the Saturday. And um, yeah, Hamilton did a good time. Bottas did a good time. Now see, Verstappen was about to do a really good time in his car until he got to the last turn um, during qualifying. You know, that's where they try to race one lap as fast as they can so they can get pole position for the actual race. And so he was proper, you know, bossing it, doing you know, doing what needed to be done until he went and clipped the wall. The motherfucker went and kissed the wall. Boom, just like that. 
and he took himself out and therefore that time that he was trying to make in that specific lap didn't count so it ended up being um Hamilton getting pole position Bottas in second um and Verstappen in third position who yes so that's that was going to be the setup for the race now the way that it like it looked like the back of his car because that's where the um that's where their engine is and where the way it looked like the back of his car had hit the wall as well it would have made me think that he might need a new gearbox but they were like no he's fine because they wouldn't even have what they say that they would not have risked his life by letting them use a gearbox that could possibly have any issues but at the same time they were not willing to take a grid penalty for replacing the gearbox even if there was an issue they say that oh no that's not the case that they would have done it regardless but i don't believe them but it was just a wild race um, overall. But the main theme of the race is... Didn't kill me, at least. That's literally it. We're just really, really lucky that um, Hamilton managed to stay alive for that race because Max Verstappen is literally a madman. Um, so, yeah. The... What gets me is that <laughs> the number of infographics that these lot kept creating on all the social media pages, like, oh, um, Max Verstappen will become ch- world champion um, at Sa- in Saudi Arabia if he finishes first. And what is it? If he finishes first and gets fastest lap and Lewis finishes sixth or no. Yeah. And Lewis finishes sixth. He'll get it. Or if he finishes first and Lewis finishes seven, then he'll get it. They were just coming up with best scenarios. And I was like, are you not all right? And they say, oh, you know, it's all fun and games and it's just building the excitement for the race. But it was very much feeling like propaganda. Like, no, no. They they just kept pushing this agenda like Max is finally there. Max is finally there. No, he's not. He really isn't. Um. So, yeah. So it says here that the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix was the first time Verstappen could have won the Drivers' Championship. He had with one race after the Jeddah round, um, the um, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, an eight-point advantage and thus could have fashioned an unassailable lead. However, after a series of controversial incidents, the pair go to the last round level at the top of the standings. Um so they how both of them now have the same number of points basically at the end of um the race in Saudi Arabia in um on the Jeddah Corniche circuit they both both have 369 and a half points 369 and a half points both Lewis Hamilton and Max crashed happen um and that's wild you know I kept saying like ra anyhow he wins this with half a point but that's literally mathematically not possible right now unless something happens and then he gets like one two points and then somebody gets one and a half point or something um but yeah it's just looking really really wild looking really really wild so that literally means that Abu Dhabi next week will be the decider like this back on equal footing although Max Verstappen has won more races this season than Hamilton so for instance let's say that both of them did not finish that they both don't end up finishing the race, maybe because Max decides to crash into Lewis. So both of them are out of the race. So other people can win that race. Then they will base the win on um, who has, because basically they've tied on numbers, right? So they're both 369 points and a half, right? So they'll go with who had more wins in that season. And that is Max Verstappen. So that is how they'll play it. But if he were to do that, he would get disqualified. If he tried to take Hamilton out, 
he would get disqualified and he's not getting that point. But I think that there are crafty ways that people can go around these things. Like they're just snakes. There's just lots of snakes about and I really, really don't trust it. I, It's really nerve wracking knowing that Max as a driver will do absolutely anything to win. And the fact that he keeps insinuating that, oh, because at the end, I know that I'm going backwards to go forwards. He insinuated at the end of the Jeddah race, he was like, oh, yeah, well, now we're back to what we were at the beginning of the season with, um, you know, basically both have the same points because at the beginning of the season, everyone starts out with zero. Right. So they're basically both at zero because they've both got three hundred and sixty nine point five points. But he's like, but I have more wins. So, you know, that's there if we don't finish. Why are you already considering not finishing the race? Why are you already not consider? Why are you already considering not finishing the race? Because he's planning to move mad. And then you'll just be disqualified from the championship. But then I don't know if he genuinely would be disqualified from the championship because we've seen in real time at this race how these um, these commentators and even the FIA, how they go about ruling in Max's favour. It's just really fucking weird that they're lying to us in real time. Like we're literally looking at the footage and they're telling us that what we're seeing is not what's happening. It's mad. So anyway, like I said, he was about to do a really fast lap and, prob- and probably take pole position at Jeddah only for him to crash with nobody near him nobody anywhere near him during qualifying he went and crashed and boom that was it he clipped the wall and that was it so he wasn't able to get the time that he was striving for but that goes to show what he's like under pressure no matter what you think like oh you're a great driver you're a great driver yeah you can drive but you can't drive as well as Hamilton so that's what now has happened to you so oh well but yeah, so that's how they started off the thing. Um, he would have started in um, P3. So he would have started in third place on the grid when they were about to take off. Um, but then because Mick Schumacher, who drives for Haas, he crashed um, pretty much near turn, what is it, turn one or something? Very early on in the race, Mick Schumacher uh, crashed. So that means that they had to, um, the safety car came out. And so the safety car came out um, and when the safety car came out, the other drivers used it as an opportunity to go and change their tyres because it's just like, well, when we get going again, I want to be ready and, you know, rearing to go. So Hamilton and Bottas went in to change their tyres. Ham- um, Verstappen didn't go in. And I think he was questioning why his team didn't call him in. And then lo and behold, um, then there's a red flag and red flag means that the race has stopped. So everybody returns back to the pit. But then that was perfect for him because then he got to change his tyres while um, while the race had stopped, um, which was great. You know, obviously very convenient for them. Now, you can say that they couldn't have preempted it. But at the same time, it just feels like that was very interesting that that's what they chose, the line that they chose to go down. And people like, on, oh, but Michael Massey, who's the race director and um, responsible for the safety of the drivers and everybody. He would have said, oh, you know, he did it for safety because they wouldn't have been able to get um, um, Mazepin, sorry, Schumacher's car out of that area if they hadn't red flagged the race so they could make sure that everything's safe, um, especially in that particular wall. If somebody's likely to go into that same wall again and it doesn't have the same level of protection, something very nasty could happen. So, you know, red flag. But like I said, because Hamilton and Bottas went in to change their um, tyres when the safety car was out, it meant that Verstappen was at the front. So when they come back out, Verstappen remains at the front. So it was just very, very lucky for Verstappen um, on that part. But obviously, Lewis was vexed because he was just like, no, but I want to know why they decided all of a sudden that this is where they wanted to do the red flag. And I'm the same. I'm very suspicious of it as well. I'm just like, really? That's where you wanted to do it? But at the same time, you know what? Safety first, whatever. 
So, like I said, it allowed for what's his face to now go and change. Um, it allowed for Verstappen to change his car, uh, change his tires, and not have to lose any time for it. So, as soon as everybody goes out, he's still in first place, um, and he's got fresh tires. Um, so yeah, so that worked for him, and then they returned back onto um the track only for then, um, what is it, Perez? No, no. There was a crash. There was a collision between George Russell and Nikita Mazepin, who was also in a Haas car that brought about another suspension. So basically, both of the Haas cars are out. Both of the Haas cars are out and they've got zero points this season. At this point, Gunther, pack it in. It's over. It's over. And actually, like I said last and um, before, the Haas car is a liability. It's literally a liability. Like, just clear out. Clear yourselves out and piss off. So both has cars were out at this point. Um, and yeah, it just, it just looked mad. So then the restart, um, we had um, Verstappen ended up starting, what is it, third behind Esteban Ocon and Hamilton in second. And um, then he just managed to pass Hamilton. And then it just, it just all got, it just got very, very, it just all got very, very messy when they had the restart now. Um, yeah, when they had the restart, all of this nonsense was happening. Um, Max was trying to send Lewis off into some wild area. And then they I'm just in my mind, I'm just trying to go through the whole thing. And it's just it's just absolutely just weird. Just trying to recount the whole thing. But the main thing to note is that when um, they got started again, so after what's his face changed his tires, um, Verstappen changed his tires and they went back on the track again. Um, they had to do a starting, um, a standing start. So they go back on onto the grid again, that position, and they start off from there. Now, the thing is, Hamilton had a great start. Hamilton had a great start in that second position, um, even though um, Hamilton, um, Verstappen had first. He had a great start and he managed to very much get in front of um Verstappen but you know what this little dickhead did he then decided to go wide so he basically came off the track went wide so he could get back in front of Hamilton that's not how you do it you can't basically decide that you want to go and drive into the crowd although he did not literally do it but figuratively you can't just decide that you want to go for a wonder um you know out uh, outside by the beach and then drive back onto the track so you can get your lead again and while that was happening obviously Hamilton's fallen back now because he doesn't want a collision to happen because he knows that Max is a mad person but as he's falling back Esteban Ocon who drives for Alpine he now gets in front of Hamilton so then it ends up being Verstappen um uh Esteban Ocon and um Hamilton in third and so there's lots of conversation happening on the radio that no he needs to give the place back. Like, Verstappen needs to give the place back because he didn't even stay on the track to get it. Like, we can all gain places if we don't drive on a fucking track. So the whole discussion's going on now. And I think that nobody communicated really to um, Hamilton what was happening. So he's driving behind, um, he gets past um, Ocon and he's driving, does he get behind past Ocon? Have we even gotten there yet? No. So they're talking about, oh, you know, um, this is what needs to happen or whatever, that they're going to restart the um, the race because obviously he managed to get ahead and blah, blah, blah. I'm even trying to like remember the timeline. But the main thing to um, to notice is that then the stewards are talking about, oh, you know, um, I think because of the crash that happened again, they're going to have to restart the race. But obviously this thing has just happened with... Um, 
No, they tell him that he needs to give the place back, right? Anyway, so all of that stuff happens now. Um, all of the madness happens. And then basically you're hearing on the radio that um, the FIA are basically trying to negotiate. They're trying to negotiate with um, Red Bull as to where they will go um, from where they are. It just doesn't make it just doesn't make any sense. So here we've got it. We've got lap 13. The race was suspended a red flag because um, there's a bigger issue. The safety barriers need a repair and that could be vital for Red Bull. The cars have to go back into the pit now, but that means Verstappen, who has pole position, can now change his tyres, which already happened. We know that. So they get back out there for um, lap 15 again to get going. Um, Hamilton gets ahead of um, Ocon. Sorry, Hamilton gets ahead of Verstappen. Verstappen just decides to go and drive underwater to get the lead back, comes back. And that means that Ocon is now second and um Verstappen is first um very very aggressive driving very disgusting driving but then there's another collision that's happened um back you know at the back of the track and that's the one that took out Mazepin's car on that occasion so they've got the red flag now um and they have to you know they have to pay attention to that um so then we we uh, we come back out and um when this happens, they're talking about oh where they need to start in all of this, and um, they're basically like, well, Hamilton was meant to have the place. Like Hamilton was meant to have the place. You did all of that fuckery, but Hamilton was meant to have the you know that position. So um, they now I think they said it's going to be um, Ocon, then Hamilton, then um, Verstappen. That's what happened. So we restarted with. Um, Ocon now at the front, Hamilton behind him and Verstappen in third position. But it's just mad to me that Michael Massey, who's the race director, as I said, he's on the radio, not passing it over to the stewards so they can decide what's going to happen. But they'll be like, oh, no, it's a new circuit and everyone's only getting up to speed with everything. So we don't need to rush them with this. I'll take um, leadership on this. And he's saying, oh, um, will you be happy to start in P2? Why are you asking a driver and their team if they where they would be happy starting? No, they what he did was wrong. And so wherever you decide that he needs to be is where he needs to be. But it's like everyone's so desperate to not look like they're impeding on Max winning this race in any way that they're just like, oh, where do you want to start? Where the fuck do you mean where he, where he wants to start? And then they're talking over the radio talking about we'll be happy to start in P2 if it means that Hamilton is starting behind. Um, sorry, if Hamilton's starting behind Verstappen. Are you not fucking all right? First, you stole the position and then you're talking about Hamilton has to start, but it has to be crack. They're talking about Red Bull gives you wings. No, crack is clearly what you're taking that's giving you wings because why would Hamilton start behind you when he clearly got ahead of you and then you decided to go off the track to get back ahead of him? That's just weird behaviour, but that's what's so scary about this season's um this season primarily is that you'll be watching something and you can see what's happening but um, then people are lying and gaslighting you and telling you that that's not what you saw it's really odd it's really fucking weird behavior and so they come back on the radio now and they're like well no um Verstappen what we meant to say is that Verstappen will be behind Hamilton so it's going to be Ocon then Hamilton then Verstappen and so they were like oh fine but the thing is if it was referred to the stewards I think that something different would have happened there so they get back on the grid now they're all set up so Hamilton's P2 Ocon is P1 and um Verstappen's P3 now the thing is um 
clearly Hamilton had a faster car than Ocon. So I was expecting for Hamilton to charge forward like he did when it was with Verstappen. Charge forward. And then that means that Verstappen's going to have to start doing Higgy Hagar with Ocon to get ahead of him. And maybe a collision would happen there, but it didn't. But because of the line, the racing line that Hamilton took um, in order to keep Ocon to his right, I think it was, he ended up opening up a big space on the on his left for Verstappen to just slide through. And because he's then noticing Verstappen sliding through, Ocon then gets in front of him again. So then Hamilton is now in third place, but he does well to get after a while. He just gets in front of um, Esteban Ocon anyway. So it's fine. But while that's happening, there's a slight clip even with um, Hamilton and Verstappen, but they both um, carry on. He gets into Hamilton's wings. Um, or is it, I think it was his right wing. But um, yeah, so they were saying to him that, oh, I think they said to him even in that point now, oh, you know, remember you have to give the position back when they were charging at each other. And so he does something weird where he's braking, but he's braking in the middle of the lane. Like, why would you brake in the middle of the track lane when you've been told to give the place over? Surely you'd move to the left or right to let the car behind you come through. But because no one had told Hamilton on the radio that that's what uh, Max has been told to do. Or he could think it's like, oh, you're brake testing me. Like you're braking in an area where you know that I'm coming forward so I can crash into you, basically. Um, and I don't dispute that um, Verstappen was doing something shady there because he knew, he knows the rules. He, he always knows how to recite the rules when they're not working in his favour. But now he suddenly doesn't know that he shouldn't have been there so Hamilton can pass. And then Paul de Rasclart is there talking about, oh, yeah, well, Hamilton was starting to stay in, trying to stay in DRS and that's what happened. He wasn't trying to stay in any DRS zone. He didn't know what was happening because no one had really told him on the radio. So it's pretty much just like a major shit show, to be honest. Um... So there's all this arguing over the radio about who was told what and was and did Verstappen know that he needed to move out of the way, which he did. So he try, then he basically does try to give Hamilton. Um, he claims that he tries to give Hamilton the lead again. But by doing that, he then immediately goes back in front of him. He tries to give him the lead in the DRS zone. So that's the um, drag reduction um, area. So he if he gives him the lead there then he can quickly get back in front of him again because they'll still be within under a second of each other so he would just get back in front of him again so he was trying to be crafty basically um and they were just like no that's not that's not what we told you to do that's not going to happen give it over properly um and because of all the fuckery that he'd been doing he then got a five second pe time penalty anyway so by that point he'd already fucked it for himself and he was having problems with he one of his tires and they didn't want to bring him in to rectify that, even though there was a significant gap between him and Ocon, who was um, in third place. So he stayed out with his wayward tyres um, and his um, time penalty of five seconds. He's lucky that um, Bottas wasn't so close to him, where if he'd gotten that five second time penalty, no matter where he finished, they deduct five seconds and he would just go where, you know, in the standings, he, or, you know, he would just go there, basically. Um yeah, it was just a lot. It was just a big mess. I was I had so much to say when I was like watching the whole thing, but it's just all you can take away from this is that it was just a big mess, but then Hamilton won. They literally threw everything at him. The way that Verstappen was driving like a madman, like luckily Hamilton managed to finish the race even with a fucked um right wing, um front right wing. He managed to finish and um, it was the right quarter for him to not go on medium compound tyres and to stay on hard tyres the whole time um, because then he was able to just, you know, keep that durability and do what needed to be done because by the front wing being fucked in that way, he also loses a bit of downforce as well, which is what keeps you like, you know, nice and slick with the 
um, with the, you know, with the ground, basically, you lose that. Um, so you don't want to go with as much speed because you don't have anything holding you securely to the ground. But he still did well. And with that time, five second time penalty, I think Verstappen would have realised at that point that unless he can keep a five second um, or six second, um, uh, you know, distance ahead of um, Hamilton, there's no way that he wasn't going to end up in second um, second place like it's gone to Hamilton. Um, but yeah, just it's weird behaviour from the FIA that they were even asking Red Bull where they would want to be. Like, like it, they were negotiating. That is white privilege at its peak. You're negotiating with them as to where they'll go. No, you go where you're told to go. It's really that simple. And um, at the time of recording this, I know that he was called, um, Verstappen was called into the steward's office because he moved mad numerous times. So he was called into the steward's office. So I don't know what the decision will be from that and how that plays out into the next race. But surely for the next race, they would be considering giving him a new gearbox. Surely. So then that would mean that he would have a, a grid penalty somewhat. Or maybe, I don't know. I don't know if at this point they would risk Hamilton even having any changes to the car. If he's then going to get a grid penalty um, as well, because it's the final race. But we'll see how it plays out. But it was just weird, fucking weird behaviour from the FIA um, trying to reason or, or, or negotiate with them as to where Verstappen um, would go. He knew that he was told through the radio to give the place to, um, um, to Hamilton. So why he decided to slow down in that particular area and the message hadn't reached and um, reached Hamilton at that point. So it was just a mess for everybody and all these people crashing. And then Perez, um, like I said, he was, um, he had a crash as well. So he, was out of the race. So in terms of construction, uh, constructors championship, it looks like Mercedes pretty much do have this in the bag, touch wood. Um, so that will be Mercedes eighth constructors championship. So hopefully that can also be, um, Hamilton's eighth driver's championship, but we'll see. So everything comes, literally comes back down to next week's race. Everything comes down to that last race of the season. And it's been absolutely mad. Like my blood pressure has really, really struggled to take it, but it's been brilliant overall when you consider the fact that these people have literally tried to take um, Hamilton out at so many points, yet he still remains there and he's still doing his thing. And big up Bottas, you know, Ocon looked like he had third place in the bag. Like Ocon had driven a really, really good race. I did feel gutted for him. Ocon had driven really well, but sorry, it had to be you, bro. Bottas on the final straight came through literally with um only like what, a, a second or so, half a second, um, um, lead from um, Ocon. He tried to overtake um, Ocon at one point. Once he managed to get past Daniel Ricciardo, he tried to overtake Ocon. He wasn't successful, but then he came back again, did it again. And that was when he finally got it. But that was literally at, right at the end. They were literally coming up to the checkered flag and Bottas got it. So that was a Mercedes 1-3, um, which is great to see because, you know, like there's been times when um, Valtteri Bottas has just done the weirdest things and you're just like, what are you doing? So at least this time he understood the assignment and he did what needed to be done. But it is scary going into next week when you consider that Red Bull are very desperate. Max Verstappen is very, very desperate. So, pardon me. So he'll do absolutely anything um, to win. And I just hope it's not something that is then um, detrimental to um, Hamilton because it's just, yeah, it's just really weird weird things weird behavior and I like that Hamilton didn't like um hold back on the radio he said this guy's fucking crazy because he is Max Verstappen is crazy he's crazy he's a mad man they call him Mad Max or they call him Mighty Max or Mad Max Abby. he's mad he's a mad guy like he's got diabolical tendencies like it's very very scary to see he doesn't mind taking them both out and Hamilton also said that like he doesn't mind taking us like he doesn't mind if we don't both don't finish but I need 
for us to finish. No, he said he doesn't mind if one of us doesn't finish, but I want both of us to finish. And I think that that is a sign of a true um, sportsman. But... Didn't kill me, at least. At least, at least he didn't kill you. But that can't be what we're relying on all of the time, that, oh, at least he didn't kill you because he very much was going for it. So in terms of the constructors, um, the team standings, Mercedes has 587.5 points. Red Bull has 559.5 points. Ferrari has 307.5 points. Um, McLaren has 269 points. Um, Alpine has 149 Alfa Tauri has 120, Aston Martin has 77, Williams has 23, Alfa Romeo has 13, and Haas has zero. Nil point. Ha! <laughs> what a mess. Um, and then in terms of the standings, Verstappen, like I said, 369.5 points, Hamilton, 369.5 points, Bottas has 218, Perez has 190. So it looks like Bottas pretty much, um, yeah, I'd say Bottas pretty much has third place secured, if I'm not mistaken. I'd say Bottas, yeah, Bottas pretty much has that secured. Because, I mean, even if Perez won the next, yeah, no, it looks like, yeah, it looks like it would, um, Bottas pretty much has third place secured. So it's down to who will get first or second between Hamilton and Verstappen. Um, Leclerc has 158. So that means that Perez is pretty much sorted for having fourth place. Um, oh, so Leclerc and Norris. Leclerc has 158 points. Norris has 154 points. So there's still a chance that, um, for instance, um, Norris or Leclerc, I guess even, can Sainz do it? Yeah, I mean, if Sainz drives a really good race, I think even between Leclerc, Norris and Sainz for, four, for fifth place is still possible. Um, Ricardo has 115 points. Arbab, Gasly, 100. Alonso, 77 points. So those, that's the top 10. So they are, you know, people are really doing well. So it'll be interesting to see who does get um, get the fifth place, the fight for fifth between Leclerc, Norris and Sainz. Um, but it might be realistically more between Leclerc and Norris. But Sainz is still in the running. Um, so Leclerc and Sainz for Ferrari and Norris for McLaren. Um and there's such a gap between Norris and Ricardo. Ricardo hasn't had the best time with the McLaren card this season, but he's done well. You know, he's had a win. You know, he's done well. Um, so, yeah, it's all very interesting how everything's um, played out. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But I'm glad that um, Hamilton said that um, Verstappen is fucking crazy because he is. Um and the fact that he was even voted driver of the day as well. Verstappen was voted driver of the day. I mean, he got, what, 10, 26% of the votes. But the fact that he would even be voted driver of the day after the nonsense that he was doing on that track is really fucking scary to me. But, you know, people are mad just like him. I'm not saying that all Max Verstappen fans are, cra um, you know, racist. But there are a lot of racist Max Verstappen fans. But I'm also glad that he got booed as well. The Saudi Arabia people were booing him. And that's the way that it needs to be because he's a wild guy. But, um... Anyway, that's that for Start Your Motors. We'll get to um, Straw of the Week, a.k.a. Suck Your Mum, and we'll call it a day. So my first straw of the week, I've already talked about these fucking travel bans that are just wild. Like, your South Africa let you know of the COVID variant, and then you're like, oh, you're going to penalise them for it. But more and more publications are drawing black people. And um, the Spanish one, I think it was a Spanish one, that drew, like, something that looked like more of, like, a Samba-esque type of character in terms of, like, um, bacteria or a virus and said, oh, you know, 
you know, the South African variant or the African migrant variant. Like, everything's just so anti-black. It's absolutely fucking wild. And then they went and added Nigeria to the red list as well, which is so infuriating because I'd been planning to go to Nigeria in January to go and get, you know, fully, fully, you know, um, sorted with this children's home and get the building going. Um, And now I've got to cancel my ticket because of this red list fuckery. And there's no rhyme or reason to the countries that are being added to this. When you consider the fact that um, Nigeria reported three um, COVID Omicron, a.k.a. Omarion Icebox 19 cases and other countries in Europe have reported way more, but they're not on any red list. Everything's continuing as normal with them. But it's the black countries that these lot are targeting and putting on these um, arbitrary lists. And it's just really fucking infuriating like people aren't even trying to hide the racism i don't even know if they ever really did truly try to hide it but it's just disgusting at this point so no nigeria for me in january it seems i wasn't going for their debty december and all of that stuff no i was just trying to go to go and get this children's home fucking underway and um to be impeded in this way is just really just annoying but you know god's time is the best time and all of that stuff even when all of these ops and these babylonians are doing all the things that they're doing um and then my next straw is to um the to america to america that's the best way to put it my next straw is to america because how many school children need to get shot before you're just like you know what we need to address our gun laws but when you've stolen land of course you feel like you need guns to to defend yourself from the invisible enemy which the enemy is yourself you're just projecting your thieving ways onto other people and writing it into amendments because there's someone actually tweeted at me a troll account was like oh it's sad that this happens in schools, but that can't be used to stop us having um, our um, rights to defend ourselves. Who are you defending yourselves from? The rest of the world needs to be defended from you. Who are you defending yourselves from? Everyday stealing, everyday theft. That's all you know. But you need to defend yourself and have guns. So I was watching that um, some footage about, you know, Oxford High School, the Oxford High School shooter. And um, the kids are in a room. And then the guy's like, and one of the boys is saying something like, oh, um, he said, bro, he said, bro, because basically the other person, the school children had shut themselves into the classroom and um, somebody was knocking on there and they were like, oh, you can come out now, you can come out now. And they were like, no, we don't feel safe to come out now. And he's like, oh no, the shooter's gone, you can come out, bro. Why would they say bro? Why would the sheriff or whoever say bro? So they were like, no, he said, bro, let's go. And that was great observation skills. And they ran out the window or some kind of door and they went into another classroom an adjacent classroom and um, to all go and be in there and this can't be the reality for school children in america that they just have to you know hope that they don't get gunned down when they go to school like so much is wrong here and it could be easily addressed by just saying you know these gun laws need to go like something needs to be done but yet they don't want to do it and it's just disgusting so america you and your guns they say you live by the gun you die by the gun that's what's like and you, it seems like you're very happy to die by the gun as long as a few of you can live with your guns it's really ridiculous that warmonger mentality will never leave these people because everything you've gotten you've stolen so that's all you know to steal so you can suck your mums for eternity for that um the people curating the travel ban list um specifically this british government you can all suck your mums as well you're all dickheads um and i guess that's that it was a very short short straw of the week um because i feel like i've said everything that i needed um 
to say, really. Um, and obviously a straw to uh, Christian Horner, Spiceless Wonder, Winger Spice, um, because all he ever does is whinge and lie. And Paul DeRas Clark for constantly trying to say everything that will support Max, even when Max has done the most disgusting manoeuvres in order to try to gain some kind of lead. All very mad times. Anyway, that's that for this week's episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, suck your mum. I've been Kelechi Okafor and it's been a pleasure. You can follow me on at Kelechi Okafor at Say Your Mind Pod. Um, and join me on Patreon on um, patreon.com forward slash Kelechi Okafor. And yeah, that's it. I guess I'll catch you later. Peace. It's the Ben's Punani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping here Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind